0: so your friend actually like yeah was undercover. He, i was told to undercover two times through my 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 buddy right and, um, wow. but you know at the end of the day i've done that to myself mm-hmm. it's nothing to do with him right i mean that's what brought me down yeah but either way when you're in that kind of lifestyle you're going to go down either way
1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another exciting thought-provoking episode of the Jaded Mechanic Podcast. My name's Jeff and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey of reflection and insight into the toils and triumphs of a career in automotive repair. After more than 20 years of skin knuckles and tool debt I want to share my perspectives and hear other people's thoughts about our industry. Support yourself a strong coffee or grab a cold Canadian beer and get ready for some great conversation. You know, yeah, um, but so your friend actually,
0: like, yeah, undercover. He I sold to undercover two times through my 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 buddy, right? And um, wow. but you know, at the end of the day, I done that to myself. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with him, right? I mean, that's what brought me down. Yeah, but either way, when you're in that kind of lifestyle, you're going to go down either way.
1: Yeah, you know. So, George, just give for the people to listen, kind of um, introduce yourself. I'm George Wilkins. Um,
0: I'm quality control at um, l and Performance with, with, you know, Lucas with, Underwood. Our, with
1: our brother, Lucas Underwood. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah, And you know, this is the first time I met you. It was yesterday. Yeah. We talked quite a bit. <laughs> we have. And, and we had an awesome dinner last night, and we just started talking about some of the things you're really not supposed to talk about, right? When you right. meet a stranger, yeah. you shouldn't immediately start to talk about religion and and and. But I mean, you and I have talked all morning now. It's it's fascinating to me, um, to 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 come and connect. And for you, the question you asked me is, "What's the question? Am I a man of faith?" Yeah. Right. Right. And and I said to you, "I don't really know, because I I I don't. You know what I mean? Do I have faith that there's something going on?" One hundred percent. Right? The story you just told me a minute ago and, and, and we'll discuss that. Um but I can't my faith doesn't necessarily fit in a little box, right? Of of I'm this religion or that religion or it doesn't really align with anything. Um so many people that I know, I fish a lot, right? So there's so many mornings I've been out when the sun comes up. And I'm out there and it's just me. And I'm just fishing and I'm I'm all the problems that are in my life that week are are gone. Right? It's it's and so um Larry Fleet, a country singer, has a has a song called Where I Find God, right? And in one of the lines is like, you know, um on a Johnson outboard on a boat, right? right. I relate to that so much because I, I joke and I, I talk with my friend Paul Danner all the time. That's my church. Sunday morning yeah. when I when when it's the sun's coming up, and I'm already fishing, like just the most simple thing in the world, just trying to catch little bass, yeah, that's where I reconnect. everything just goes away, just eases away um so can i can I put myself in a little box and I say that I'm this or I'm that? No, because you know I'm not reading scripture when I'm out there i'm not um I'm not thinking about a particular s- hymn in my head or I'm not waiting to hear a sermon. I'm just trying to catch little green fish but that is where i recenter, i recharge every week, right? when i can get a chance to get out there. right. so am i a man of faith? i think there's been too many miracles that i've witnessed in nature on the bow of a boat fishing at, at 4 in the morning as the sun's coming up to think that there it's just all the way it was. there's obviously something has steered this to me. and then when i think of like how I'm, why I'm here right now. Right. We talk about people that come in and out of your lives and, and how one person, our, our brother Lucas, right. Um, shapes so many people's lives. And so how did he shape yours? Like, give us your kind of how you first met Lucas, you know, how, um, how that friendship started.
0: Well, the friendship started like 2000, uh, you know it was a friend of one of his cousins mm-hmm. and he was just a little 16 year old brat kind of yeah. <laughs> um had a little diesel truck and um, you we know, was always car people yeah and um, you know i I worked for his dad you know um uh made a little apartment in a in a, in a little cottage in at mr hill there yeah. and uh they, you know they invited me in of course and um you know I was, I was a carpenter so you know he was building log cabins and um, so yeah, that's that's how I met Lucas. Um, uh, he was definitely a hellraiser driving. He mm-hmm. loved it. He loved to drive fast, and you know, loved that diesel smoke. And yeah. uh, um, you know, was friends for a while. And I stayed there, I think, about ten months. And you know, then I moved on with life. And um, I want to say, I think 2016 or 17, um, we'd moved to Wilmington. We, me and the girls, decided we wanted to we wanted to go live at the beach for a while. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted to give it a try. We moved to Wilmington and uh, near Wrightsville beach. And we stayed like five or six months. And, right. um, I was a carpenter and they stole all the tools out of our back of a truck. And she was a server. So I ransacked her car, stole all the change. You know, right. and I come home one day, you know, Lisa, my wife, she, she had a, um, U haul in the yard. And I was like, what's going on here? You know, she said, we're leaving. I was yep. like, I was like, what? She said, we're leaving. I was like, okay. And, um so and it wasn't big enough. So what we had, so we left a lot of things there, and we packed it up. And um, uh, so I came back to and We was homeless, and um, I knew uh, Lucas's dad had the cabins where right. the new shop is. All that parking lot was, I think. Eight or ten cabins there, little modular cabins. Yeah. and So I asked, could, could we rent one, you know, for a little bit? And, uh, of course, they wouldn't let me pay the rent, you know. They're, yeah. they're really awesome people. Yeah. And uh, we stayed there, I think, at least a week or two. And, uh, you know, so you know, kind of talked to Lucas, you know, and um, I had went to diesel tech um, after prison. You know, I got my GED in prison. I was telling that earlier. Mm-hmm. And I uh, went to uh, college, Wilts Community College, the diesel program. Um, I didn't finish. I didn't get like the associate's because I lacked to math and English. But right. I got my certification in diesel and learned a lot. Yeah. And um, the experience, you know, was different too. I was a carpenter, um, but um, so in you know, Lucas when when I got out of college and he seen that I was um, you know doing that, he always said, "Hey man, you can come wrench for me," just like he's told yeah. you. Hey man, yeah, you yeah. come turn wrenches. You know, he's always said that. Yeah. Since then, and you know, uh, you know, I decided to give it a try, and you know, made it three years and. Um, so that's re-sparked the friendship. You know? and,
1: and, and we talked earlier about Lucas is is pretty humble about it. Lucas doesn't talk about it, but Lucas is one of the few owners that you, like you said, you've seen him covered in, in, in grease and oil right in there up to his elbows in a, in a six-liter tearing it down. And right. I'm not trying to say that lots of owners aren't, right. but Lucas has an, a, a a fantastic skill set. He's a very sharp, knowledgeable guy, right? right. And he doesn't even go around – you know, bragging on himself or that's what I was always inspired about me is cause like dude's super smart, like right. really smart. And yet he's not braggadocious about it at all. Right. I mean, he's just like, he'll help anybody. And we talked because he gets that from his family. Right. Like yep. You talk about his mom and you talk about his father, you've known them both a long time. Right. Right. And, and been through a lot of things with them. And I mean, the family is just a, it's on a different level. You know, it's refreshing when I come down here and I spend time with him. And I mean, he, him and I talk every day, same as probably you guys do. But when I'm around him, it's, it's, you just, you, you feel it. You feel that energy, that, that, that positivity that he puts off. You said that's his father is like that too, right? Yeah. yeah. What, and so you were working with him. You came back and started working with him.
0: Right? Yeah. And yeah so um i worked there three years uh, at the old shop um when we was there um you had to do a little bit of everything mm-hmm. you had to uh, you know write estimates yeah invoices yeah talk to the customers yeah you know if we could give them a ride we would you know had to do the parts find your parts hopefully the right parts and you know mechanic on the vehicles yeah y- you had to do it the next guy had to do it lucas had to do it yeah. every everybody done it you know um you know the shop was you know pretty cluttery
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know we helped motivate each other yeah. in different ways you yeah. know he motivated me and you know as a friend as a mechanic I, I was into getting a place decluttered so i motivated him and we started taking little steps you know yeah. getting rid of some junk or moving some junk here and there you know <laughs> ma- making it making it doable yeah and um you, you know so we kept pushing and um yeah i've seen lucas like i said just as greasy as i was me being under 60 all day he could have good clothes on he yeah. would crawl right under there and he will still i noticed him the other day at the shop i seen him under hood you know uh i still thought i was cool because you know he's a he's a busy guy and, you know he he he's you know doing life yeah. you know what where he needs to be yeah but i see him under a hood the other a couple of times you know helping one of the guys you yeah. know like and,
1: when when i came up here for the fourth of july and i hung out for three days or whatever um I was amazed how he knows everything that's going on in the shop Yep. at the same time. Plus with everything he's trying to do with editing my podcast and getting this out in a, in a, you know, going back and forth with, with Mike or or David or anyone else all the time, he's still knowing the status on everybody's customer's car, where it is, what's the, the parts, this and that, and the other thing, right? We, you know, it's when the video that circulated where, he escorted the young lady out of the building right <laughs> I mean but the thing is is like I mean we all laugh about that and right. you know he took a lot of ribbing on it and thank goodness he takes it in good humor but there's a lot of shops that if that happened the owner wouldn't even be in the building
0: you know right. what I mean right. like
1: they'd be off somewhere else and they might be saying well you handled it wrong or you handled it right or whatever he's there you know right. what I mean like he's and that whole situation we can all joke about it now but it's you don't know how people are going to act, right? Right. Like you've you've met some 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 individuals in your life that you don't know, right? We can't go around assuming anything about anybody anymore. How they what they might be going through, how is making them feel the way they feel, act the way that girl was not in a, in in a good place, right. right? She was not in a good sorts. That's why the car wasn't released to her. So.
0: Knowing Lucas, he would still yet yeah, help that girl in any way he could yeah. in life yeah. if she ever came to him yeah. and say, "Hey, you know, I need to help in my car, or yeah. even you yeah.
1: know, mental stability." Yeah, he'd he'd help her anyway. You yeah. know, he's an amazing dude. So, you're at Lucas's now working. What do you do there?
0: I'm quality control. Um, I've been there about five weeks. Um, back on uh, the team, which is uh, a really good feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a total different. Um, atmosphere process at the old shop, you know, yeah. like uh, um, it's very neat. Um, learned a lot of things in just the five weeks of seeing the new process. Yeah. Um, can tell that you know we started this AST thing together mm-hmm. some years back, and can tell that he's put in work and grabbed a lot of knowledge from a lot of people.
1: You first came to ASTE way back in what year?
0: I want I, I can't remember the exact year. It's got to be around 2017 right uh, yeah. me and lucas came together um um i guess he learned it through a group of meeting people and he right. said hey we're gonna go try this training and i was like okay cool yeah you know and then you know we had good suppers and uh you know we was kind of shy because we didn't know nobody mm-hmm. you know but um i was new you know as a technician so definitely a lot of information coming in that you know that I thought was neat, and you know, find the goods and bads on the on the new yeah. stuff, and yeah. you know, you know, learning about steering and suspension, and you know, how to detect you know brake noises, and uh, then we went to uh, um, Kansas City Visions, yeah. and uh, you know, it was cool, you know, the tool the tool shows, and um, you know, it started there, and um, then of course, you know, Lucas made some friends, and mm-hmm. um, uh,
1: David Roman, and yeah. uh, he uh, talks he talks about that first, and again, so that's way like I knew Lucas back then right I, I probably know Lucas now 10 years it seems from 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 talking on, on Facebook and whatnot. but I mean my Facebook thing got so big that you know how people just sometimes like they're still in your friends list and they're still seeing them but the algorithm is always showing you different things right so I can remember engaging with him way back when but then there was this point where I didn't even know what ASOG was right I didn't know it wasn't shown to me and it was like so, when he talks about that first trip up to AST in, like, probably, like you said, 2017 or something, he'll correct us if we're wrong on, on the year. He came away from that like a changed man on on how he was going to handle his business and essentially how he was going to live his life because he was ready to, like, oh pull, yeah. plug here. He was said, I was going to, I was just going to go and be an employee for somebody else. Right. right. And he could have, like, we've talked about it. He could have he could have gone back to work with his father like he had he could have gone and got a job at a shop and and been a fantastic mechanic for somebody else but it was coming to this show that completely changed his directive and I so resonate with that because he brought me here last year right and I was like and and he he, we were sitting here last night remember and he was like it took him three months I beat him on him three months before Jeff would finally agree to come because I felt like I wouldn't be in my element, I felt like all these people were way, way more advanced than me. Right? What am I gonna What am I gonna offer them? Because right. last year I wasn't doing this podcast. Right? I had recorded an episode with changing the industry. I actually recorded two. And but I was like, man, you know, this is it's expensive. And what am I What am I gonna have to offer? And but I came anyway. I trusted him, and and I came down and did it, and changed my life right? Because you meet people. Like, I didn't meet you last year. I just mm-hmm. met you yesterday. ain't quit but, talking sense. <laughs> right? But the amount of people that I met last year um, that are now so supportive of what I'm doing and, and the conversations I'm having, I owe it all to AST. I owe it all to Lucas and David. Right. But I mean, if I hadn't come to AST, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I, you and I would not know one another. I wouldn't be sitting here having these conversations with, with so many people. So, I mean, it's God bless Lucas and NASTE for for having that vision to say, I'm going to bring this guy down and and show him this. Right. So, what's it like to work at his shop? Um,
0: uh, it's a super uh, chill environment. Um, mm-hmm. you walk in the morning, hey Jorge, you know, yeah. Good morning, what's up, guys? You know, um, uh, you know, we meet up. There's a printout each mm-hmm. tech. Each quality control up to the ladies and the you know the service riders. Yeah, um, you know, got the plan for the day. You know, uh, you know, plan from or pick up from yesterday. Um, you know, I come in I, and you asked me earlier what I do there. I do quality control. Yeah. So, um, when the cars are done, we we have a checklist. Um, I take it on. It's got a a short service or a full service. Short service three mile test drive. Yeah. Uh, full service ten mile. I think it's shopware. I look up and I see what has been done to the car: oil mm-hmm. change, or a leak, or brakes. Yeah. And so I can, when I'm driving, I can think about those areas more. Right. You know, yeah. as I'm driving, um, I drive ten miles, which is a beautiful trek because we yep. go across the parkway and mm-hmm. Thunder Hill. You know, we yep. come around, and um, I drive it and I bring it back to the shop. I pull it in, um pop the hood. I check all the fluids, fill up the. Uh, washer fluid yep. you know um anything needs to be topped off engine oil coolant you know top it off
1: torque the wheels if um, the wheels have been off yeah we yep. always
0: always retorque the wheels even if nobody's touched the wheels it's yep. always a retorque. Yep. then i open the you know driver side passenger side doors i vacuum the car i hit the dash do the windows i even do the door jams yeah you know i do the door jams we just make it look really really nice um we hang out a little uh, warranty sign up in there. And, you know, we just try to show it as much love as possible to let them know we, we care. Yeah. And um, I, I know, I really believe it goes above and beyond to pay a guy to just do that. Yeah. To somebody's car. Yeah. Definitely don't have to do that. Definitely takes a little bit out of the pay, the income of uh, getting money. But sure yeah i like my fingerprints off when i'm done like we try to keep it as sanitary as possible yeah. as i get out i got a rag in my pocket i hit the gear shifter the steering wheel mm-hmm. you know try to just just make it way better than it was when
1: it came in yeah it's and it, and you know i think it's so many shops miss i mean because it's it's an important role that you're doing right it's it's quality control and it's yeah it's so making sure that when you know you drive it and they did brakes that there is no brake noise but it's we hear so many times that the customer comes back and they pick up the car and they're like, there was a f- smudge or a fingerprint or something like that, right? right? The All my years when I worked at the dealer for so long, they always would wash the car when they were done with the car. It didn't matter what it was in for. I didn't have to wash the car, but we right. had people that did that. That kept so many customers coming back, even if they weren't satisfied with the necessarily, they didn't feel like they got the best service, but they got some service. The fact that they always picked up a clean car, right? Outside made yeah. them just be like over the moon, yeah. you know what I mean. The, it, you could get away. I guess what I'm trying to say is, they would forgive a lot of things that maybe weren't right, right?
0: Because they picked up a clean yeah. car. You well, know? I, I joke around a little bit with that because I'm like, I wonder if some people bring their car in for oil change just to get their interior cleaned Bro, up, you know? Because you all don't all have the, time to do it. All the So time. hey, I could get my oil change at Lucas or L and N, yeah. and uh, my cars will come out yeah. pretty clean. You right? know what I mean? So, yeah. and it's it's amazing that some of the nicer cars you know really nice cars are kind of dirty yeah and it's really because they just don't have time in a day to take out to do that yeah so doing that like i I, i've never i've just been there five weeks but i just wonder i would like to see some some of the people's reactions like first Mm -hmm. time with lnn and don't know that's going to happen right and then because they don't really they definitely don't talk about it or boast about it you know they just do it and i just wonder what they think when they get in their car like you know what hey yeah. floorboards clean you know right? the trash is gone yeah hey
1: my dash is shining you know yeah. what i mean like i just wonder you know how they feel I, i'm sure it's a good feeling oh but- i i think it's it's like i said because we all know how this sometimes goes like i, I talked I was talking to eric last night and it's like you know eric had a car that was kicking his butt you know an intermittent thing it took forever to try and they finally figure out what was causing the check engine light and going to reduce power i'm sure that customer would have had even more frustration at the fact that every time that car came in for this intermittent thing and, and it was just a, it was just kicking his butt it was a complex thing it was hard to recreate hard to duplicate lucas had hours into it, driving it trying to get it to happen eric had a ton of hours trying to get it to happen they finally got it licked that customer if at least when they come and pick up the car the fact that it's clean and and there's no fingerprints on the gear shifter. There's no you know there's no grease on the oil on the steering wheel. All that kind of stuff. That helps when you're dealing with a customer on a difficult car. Right. You know that customer you can tell he's frustrated. I'm sure with the fact that we they're not nar- they're not narrowing it down. Right. They're they're right. beating their head against this wall trying to get this car to act up to duplicate it. Right. But the fact that people are still continuing to take pride in that customer's car because lots of shops we'll talk about that. Lots of shops, if it was already like making them as frustrated as they are, they, then I think their standard starts to slip on how right. they give that back to the customer. Right? It becomes more hurried and more hurried, and it's like before you don't know, it might, the customer comes and picks it up, and the seat cover and the floor mat are still in it. Right, That to the customer looks like, did you really do anything at all? Right, right. Right? Whereas if you come back and you get a clean car... You know that somebody probably did something to it, because I mean, let's be real—they're not going to be able to lift the hood and tell that the the tax ne- necessarily did anything. But if they come and pick it up, and the floor mat is still in it, the C cover is still on it—you know, there's fingerprints around the top of the door jam where you know right. the guy had to squeeze to get in between the hoist and the, and the door. Just little things like that, and I think that's what he's so Lucas is so good about is because he pays so much attention to what customers wish this industry was better about and then he implicates it right and he implements it and he he hires people like yourself to to put the processes in and do it you know we we hear all the time about people want to make excuses i can't afford to do this or i can't afford to do that he's paying you very well to 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 do this for him right because he has such faith in the process right yeah yeah
0: and uh i I do want to speak on the quality control um as the clean car is very nice, but at the end of the day, the more important part of the quality control is I check it on one of the checklists, it says, check under the car for leaks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So had two incidents in the five weeks that this is why we do this quality control yeah. and it pays off. Well, three, because a lot of times I torque I tor- all the lug nuts, I always find one a little loose. Yeah. You know, yeah. hands down, I always at least find yeah. one. It's you know kind of loose or you know whatnot, but anyway. So um, I was pulling a car out. Uh, It was a Mini Cooper, I think. Okay. And you know it's hot, so the AC runs and you know drips water on the floor. I keep the floor clean so I can look for leaks. Yeah. Well, happened to had an oil change and the crush washer didn't seat, and and I pulled it out and I got it. uh, You know, I parked it, but when I came back and I looked under the car was low, and I seen a puddle, but it looked like the water. where the oil and the water was together. Yeah. And I. I looked and I said, Whoa, oil. I you know. I knew, um, and I talked to Eric because i seen him working on the car. He said, Pull it back in. Let's pull it back in and get on the lift right now because we'd already, yeah, you know, I, I'd i already signed off on it because I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. So we pulled it in, jacked it up. Well, actually, I went to the parking lot, looked first and seen another little drip under it. And I was like, I know. So I went, ran right back to Eric and he said, Let's get on the lift. Got on the lift, pulled it up. He'd seen, you know, crush washer, you know, on the uh, yeah. oil plug didn't seat. Yeah. So, you know, that de- I mean, that would have been terrible, you know. Send that car out, and then just the other day, I think it was a Subaru. You know, we got a lot of rust in the mountains, mm-hmm. and they done some brake work, and um, I pulled it out and uh, got it over there, and then it was on the back wheel, back back passenger wheel. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see the puddle at the time. I would have seen it on my way back in. And Eric had automatically seen it. Hey George, did you, you know, and I said, like, yeah. whoa, you know brake fluid you know so uh he said get it back in got it back in it just happened you know on the test drive that the uh i can't remember if it's a brake line or the bleeder okay was it they hadn't even opened that bleeder right but something had went bad yep and how bad that one could have been terrible for a customer to you know lose brakes or you know the Mm -hmm. fluid and to you know send a car out you know after we'd done brake work even if it wasn't on the back brakes yeah to you know have that situation so that paid off within itself Mm -hmm. you know just to and how
1: how do you find that the guys because like i know some shops and i've talked to different guys when you get that involved in the quality control a lot of shops the tech sometimes look at the quality control person you like you're you're ratting them out you're stitching on them right Right. you don't have that in your shop though in in lucas's shop nobody's feeling like that oh no oh like it's it's a team thing of Oh yeah, you're just yeah. as important as the tech that that yeah. did it because he's got a, a five more cars to bang out today. Yep. Right, and and he can't spend necessarily the time that every car Correct. should deserve to make yep. sure that it's a one yep. before it leaves. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, the guys will let me know, especially if they've had a little problem or Hey, George, uh, you know, pay attention to this or I done this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, just to let you know, you know, on a test drive or yeah. you know what not and yeah. or report back if you know if you don't make sure, check this ain't no leaks you know yeah. let me know just you no know, things are good they've already checked it themselves but then you know i do it again mm-hmm. to, to finish it off you know what i mean and yeah. um, I, I think
1: i think more shops are going to start to adopt lucas's type of way of doing right. it and i know at my new job my new shop that i just had we're trying to discuss how to do that right how to get it to that next step and and we're short on men on manpower right now and and women power. I should be more politically correct. correct. And so we're trying to think how do we implicate that, right? So we're we're getting some young people that come in from our co op program, right? And they're going to be able to try and help us get some of the the, the oil changes done, some tires done, so that us tax when we're done the car can actually spend a few more minutes on it, doing what you're speaking of, right? right? Making sure that it is it is perfect before it leaves, because um and it's the same thing. I don't. I don't want to, it still makes me a little uncomfortable if I end up going and driving something else that somebody else worked on and I might come back and I might find something on it. I might, did you hear that squeak and rattle when you, when you first brought it in? Like I realized it wasn't here for a squeak and rattle. It was here for, you know, a check engine light, but did you hear it? You know, and on your inspection, did you happen to notice thing? I don't want to be doing that as I'm brand new because it's going to, I'm going to feel like, am I being a second boss? Right, it's, your, yeah. it's not a second boss. It's just a situation of because then I can go to them and say, "Oh yeah, it's documented. We wrote, made a note of it. The customer knows they need a strut. They don't want to do the strut right now. They right. just were concerned about why the check engine light was on." That, Good, that's covering it,
0: right? covering your butt. Yeah, really the way I see it, and yeah. we see it at the shop. Like, hey. You know, Jackals. Did you hear this mm-hmm. or, or sometimes no, I didn't hear that. You yeah. know what I mean? Or yes, it's do- like you said, it's documented. um And you know, when I drive I, on the test drive, you know, if I feel a brake pulsation or any kind of rattle, you know, a lot of sway bar end links up there yeah. always rattle. Yeah. You know, and I, I write it down too. I make a little note, even if they have, you know, I, I you know, because you know, customer could say, oh, my car didn't make this noise right. when well, the tech when he first got it in, it yeah. made that noise and. At the quality control, it still made that noise. Yeah. So I, I I write that down, you know, to cover our yeah. our, our area too. You know yeah. of, you know,
1: it's um I, I'm, and I, I think it's more important, and it's going to continue as as prices keep going up. Unfortunately, with everything the way it is, inflation and prices and parts and and whatever is going to happen, people are. I think the the average r- return time turnaround time on a vehicle is going to take longer now, because oh, you yeah. you see it right. It's taking longer sometimes to get the parts. And then there's some issues with the parts. So if we keep going back to the quality control of catching this kind of stuff, the customers are going to understand, right? Right. And it, I would rather them like the, the, the drain plug gasket. I'd rather that gets caught before the customer ever even picks up the car oh, or yeah. the worst cases is the customer standing out front. Somebody's catching it and you're trying to fix it. You told them it'd be done by four. It turns out that, Oh, well look at, you know, we thought we had a water pump leak. We got a water pump but now we got a clamp leak and, That doesn't make you look very professional in front of the eyes of the customer. And it makes them even more paranoid because when they're waiting for their car and you're having to do another repair on it, they know you're rushing that repair. Right. 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 They know you're burning through that sucker as fast as you can to try and get it. That makes them feel a little nervous. I think the right way to handle that is like it should already be QC'd and everybody knows that it's leaving better than it was before the customer's even on the property. Yep. Right. Because think about how we look to the customer. We don't look like professionals when we're scrambling to maybe fix something that, because the customer immediately is like, well, did I really need that water pump then? Or maybe I only needed that hose clamp. Right. The reality is, you and I know it needed the water pump and it needed the hose clamp. But to the customer, because all of a sudden we're having to go in the second time and do a second repair, definitely creates some doubt. Right, and we want to avoid that. That's the whole point of quality control is to give yeah. confidence back to the customer, Yeah. And, and not
0: bragging on you know what we do, but just little things like, and it's so funny. Lucas was like this at the old shop when I first met him. Mm-hmm. He always liked to put a little cleaner on a rag and hit the wiper blades yeah. so they wouldn't squeak. Like right. just that kind of detail, you know, yeah. really speaks you know volumes of you know. Yeah, but I just. The little things like that people don't realize, but it could be a big deal. A squeaking wiper blade, like you know, yeah. or it doesn't you know get all the water off the windshield, you yeah. know, and that's part of the process too. And I do it outside window, I hit those blades, and it mm-hmm. just you know coming back in the new process, and then it's still in that process. Yeah. It's you know it just kind of cracks me up a little bit. So
1: what Lucas has a rule or something? That I want to say, is it by three o'clock in the afternoon? Is that the time for him that if it can't be QC'd by is it three or four? It doesn't leave that day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I'm still getting in, mm-hmm. learning everything yeah. with their times and all. But I've heard heard that. Yeah. Um. And I know, like you say, for for, for rushing and you know, yeah, you know, purposes of rushing things through. Um. Yeah. I, I know. Actually, I need to talk to him about that. Really. Because
1: my my point with that is that he puts so much emphasis on the fact that the quality control is just as important as the repair. Yeah. Right. So if we can't have the quality control done to the vehicle by a certain time and we know the customer, he calls the customer and says, it's not going to be ready today. Right. We have to, we have to quality control it. That's how we, I've I've heard him say, he's given us, we have to quality control it. It'll have to be tomorrow morning when we call it quality control it. And I think when we start to use that terminology and, and it, it sounds very professional, and I think that puts the customer's mind at ease. It's like, yes, okay, they want to do QC on it. it. It's an interesting, because, you know, we always talk in the industry about, well, it's just an oil changer. It's just a brake job. Right. But this quality control of these, let's call it what yeah. it is, simple, repetitive jobs, right. it still deserves a level of attention to detail. Yeah. And I think that's what that QC does. It's I'm seeing more and more shops realize that it's like, it can do a lot to smooth that conversation and the relationship between the customer right. and the shop, build that trust, if especially like new customers, right? We talk about that all the time. Lucas has a method to how he approaches a new customer, right? And I was there when I was there and it's like he seems to know everybody Their established customers, right? But he's very good about everybody gets the same level of yeah. service, you right. know? Whereas we see some shops and it's like, Well, that's a really good customer. Make sure you QC that car. Then we've seen other shops in the same shop. Maybe that customer's like, we don't, you know, he just wants it this way. Get it, get it in, get it out, get it done. I've always struggled with that because like, just because that customer doesn't spend as much money or hasn't spent as much money or has not been coming here as long doesn't mean that they should get less service. It should still get that process of a quality control.
0: Yeah, and, you know, saying that uh, everybody gets the same treatment, Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be a five-minute testing, and that's it. Yeah. He still pays me to take that car and show it the same amount of love as a hot arm Mercedes Mm -hmm. with a couple thousand dollars of work, Yeah, hands down. Yeah. You know, or if it's an older car full of cigarettes or whatever, I'm going to clean it up. Yeah. I'm going to clean it the best I can, you know, the time I have, and, you know, I'm going to clean it up what it needs to be. Yeah. And so, you know.
1: Do you think that giving the customer back the car in a much cleaner condition than when they got it? Do you think that kind of helps the customer sometimes that before they bring it in, they bring it in maybe in a in a in a cleaner position? Like I think condition? so. I
0: know. I know it makes me feel better just pulling the car in. It's dirty, and then you know when I when I park it, I wipe my fingerprints off. I'm like, man, you know, like it's it's cleaned up, fixed nice. You know what I mean? Like it just even gives me a better feeling of we had
1: know. a we had a Mazda in this week. Um, that somebody's lunch pail was on the back seat of it, and whatever had been in the lunch pail had been in there a long time. Oh right. And it had a it had a <laughs> smell. Um. So as we're waiting to work on it, and I mean we didn't have snow or rain or anything the last couple weeks, so it sat outside with the windows down. But I think we still ended up like taking that lunch pail and like disposing of it, and then. Right. I think we probably threw an air freshener under the seat and tried to get the smell out of there and told the customer. "He Customer, I don't know how they get used to that smell. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, he brought it in. He's there because the thing run, is running poorly and, and check engine lights on and everything. We got through the diagnostic and got the repair done. But I'm amazed sometimes with what people bring in in the kind of state that sometimes they bring a car. And I can still remember years ago I was at the Nissan dealer and um, this lady was, you've seen them, what they call hoarders. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. She brought her car in like that, and it was like the back seat was piled level to the headrest of the front seat. And then the passenger seat, like, you could see that she's constantly having to, like, scrape stuff off the top of pile on the passenger seat so she can see out her passenger side window. Right? And everybody is, like, feeling like that's just nasty. And I'm like, this is sad. Right. You know? Because she's got... I think at the time she had like thirty thousand kilometers, not miles, kilometers on her car, and the brakes are completely shot. She's un- can't understand like why are the brakes so bad at only thirty thousand kilometers? Because there's probably a thousand pounds of extra weight in this car. Wow, you know what I mean? Right. Right. So I never saw her again. Um, I don't know what happened to her. Uh, I don't know what happened to the car because I moved on. I went to a different job. But I mean, thankfully, I haven't seen other cars like that since but I've seen guys post for years in the Facebook groups about some of those cars when they come in people are like what do you how, well, how would you and I look at that and I go like I think that needs to be cleaned out before right. before somebody should work on it you know um it's a funny thing eh like a, how people can get accustomed to to their vehicle and all of a sudden somebody that's outside of the realm of that vehicle gets in it, and we drive it and we're like do they not hear that? Do they not smell that? Right, right. You know, like this is one of those cars that something could have crawled up in there and died and they might not even notice because of the smell of his lunch from last month still <laughs> right. in the car. Well, uh, don't ask
0: me how a collie control that one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so what's, uh, you talked to me this morning, but Lucas has got a plan for you. Well, yeah. Shop.
0: So, um, you know, like I said, I was uh, still, I was a beginner tech mm-hmm. and um, um, I felt like I, i done pretty good you know when i was there um you know i helped put heads on a six o. you know early on um you know really we've done whatever we, we need to do in the shop and yeah. he trusted me and i was definitely not confident in myself so it definitely took a lot longer because i would triple check things yeah. and i was really scared just to be honest with you yeah and um you know I, I come from a carpenter background so i'm used to framing and seeing something come up walls in a day like yeah seeing some work happen yeah. you know and and um you know, working there made me feel like I wasn't really making him money, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, because you know, under six oh all day and then there's times that you can fix something and pull it out and something else goes. And it's still your responsibility. Yeah. Because that vehicle's in that shop yep. under the hood, you know. Yep. Um, but you know, I I left and you know, left Lucas's, um, definitely on good terms and all. Um uh, want to try some other things and i knew when i left there i was making a mistake like i told you earlier that i told him i'm making a mistake lucas is not just a boss but he's a friend yeah motivator yeah. family member not just to me anybody comes contact with you know so i knew and that motivation was very important to me in my life at that time it still is now but mm-hmm. it was helping me you know rise up in some areas of my life and it, and it felt good but you know but anyway i left and you know we definitely stayed in contact you know this and that and um um you know as i was telling you this year you know me and my wife split in march and yeah. um you know it's been a, been a pretty rough year um we've been doing the airbnb cleans hot tubs you know yard maintenance all that always chasing money yeah ske- schedule sporadic seven days a week day or night whatever whatever needs to happen yeah. you got to make it happen you know um and you know as um, I get was over in Blown Rock area. I'd stop in the scene you know, and as a great friend of mine, I talk about my private life. You know, he helps. Yeah. You know, he listens and he yeah. gives his perspective or a couple encouraging things. You know, and um, um, he knew that Kamara, my eight year old, was getting ready to start school, and um, her mama kind of moved off the mountain, and Kamara wanted to stay in the same school, so you know, I was gonna stay there and take her to school. Yeah. and uh, he's like, George, you probably just need to get a real job you know get some structure get a real job and that hurt because i didn't want to because i liked that this free time i got yeah. you know and i made okay but you know definitely wouldn't run the business properly to if i was paying run it properly i wouldn't probably make as much for right. sure yeah you know and i knew that and um you know so you know he was right but I didn't really want to. I didn't really want to hear. Oh, I, I, yeah, I didn't want to hear it. You yeah. know, he, he's going to tell you straight mm-hmm. up and what whatever he feels is best. That's just him. We talked you about know? that this morning, right? <laughs> him,
1: and he's had lots of conversations with me and said some things that I didn't want to hear. Right, right, and 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 we've heard some of the recent episodes and and me knowing the backstory of so many people, right, that I've got to know. And him, he has those conversations with everybody. Right, right, right. And he is a he is a hard guy to like you feel like I never want to let him down right. that's how I always feel when I'm around him like I don't want to let him down right. I don't want to embarrass him and I don't even work for him right but it's what he's given me what the what he's seen in me the potential right that I don't want to ever screw that up right and it's tough sometimes it can be like I said to you it can be a weight sometimes right, right. you feel. Right. And this is not me ragging on him. This is he doesn't even realize he brings it into the room though. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. He's such a force when he comes in you just he's so upbeat and so positive and, and, and everything he wants to do well and he wants to see everything go smooth. You can't help but feel like that. But man, right. you know, like he's had some conversations with me and it's like, no, dude, you're wrong. And yeah. you know, well, you and I talked this morning. It's tough to tough to hear sometimes. Right.
0: When well, May, um he took uh I think were five or six of us of the crew. Well, I wasn't even the crew. Yeah. Uh, and one of the the, the girls that was uh, on the apprenticeship program from the high school that, you know, stayed in connection, mm-hmm. but doesn't work in there, he took us to the beach, you know, he yeah. took us to the beach. And uh, we had a good time. And, you know, definitely I needed that. I hadn't been around him in a while going through what I was going through with, you know, the family split up. You know, we talked all the way there and back, like straight conversation, yeah. you know, of goods and bads in life and everything, you know, and, uh, um, you know, at good times. We, we walked the beaches. That was the best weekend of this year for me. Yeah. And um, like I said, I came over to, to the shop, the seam, and um, you know, he, he said, you know, you need to you probably should get a real job, George. You know, get some structure. And uh, um, I kind of, in my heart, wanted to ask him about a job, but I didn't. I didn't, and I didn't know. Right. You know, I didn't know where. You know, and I, so I didn't ask him and. Um, after I left him, I worked for VPC Builders as a punch out carpenter. It was a great job too. And I thought about asking them, you know, for my old job back. You know, had still on good standards. Them guys too. And um, one day I come over here just to talk a little bit about my life, or just say hey. And then we always he asked how you doing, or how's the situation yeah. going. And yeah. I, if it's going a little bad, I'll tell him. And you know, and um, he said, "Well, why don't you come work for me?" And you know, of course, it was, you know, I was like, you know, thought about it, and you know, I was like, well. I'll think about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, you know, how he says, why don't you come wash cars for me? That's just how he said it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, well, I'll think about it, you know? And, you know, I thought about the money, you know, like, you know, and then uh, um, I don't know how many days, maybe a week, came back. And uh, no, um, I don't remember the timeline, but um, then one day um, he just, uh, I think, sends me Texas, when you come to work. (laughs) <laughs> you mm-hmm. know and I said well I think it was that week and I said well, I'll be there next Monday he said cool and then I came by that Friday just to talk and you know get a little feel on what's what's yeah. fixing to happen Yeah. and then um, we hadn't even talked about pay and, and I had a certain number that I thought would be you know and he offered a lot more than that number and yeah. I was like okay you know yeah. um, that was just a blessing in disguise itself I was going to take it either way Yeah. because I knew you know I needed to a job and i had as a great person he was period mm-hmm. you know if it wasn't still a whole lot of pay as i was expecting i would have took it anyway just to be back on a great a team with the great people yeah you know and um i've been for like five weeks uh it's helped help me mentally just being in a structured atmosphere with chill people yeah you know what i mean yeah. um it, it's 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 been really awesome. You're yeah. you're
1: immersed in a bunch of people there that are just absolute crackerjack jack techs, right? They're right. just right. on the ball, sharp. Yep. You know, like when I, I've gotten to know Eric pretty good and I, I know Eric quite good. <laughs> and and Terry and, you know, everybody. And uh you know, Jackals and they're there's they're all they don't even realize how good they are. You know what right. I mean? Like they are in, in that group, they're all awesome. But they would be a superstar in a lot of other shops. Oh, yeah. And that, they're still superstars. Don't get me wrong. But it's that unit that they have, right? And I think I think Lucas is still the, the motivating factor. He's the one that sets that culture down. We, we talk all the time about culture and shops. You know, people are always like, I didn't quit the job because of money. I quit the job because of the culture in the business. Some of that is true. A lot of us still do chase money, and I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with that. But I can tell you from my experience right now, if I was making the same money that my previous employer was paying me at this new job, I would still be over the moon happy with how different the culture is. The fact that the culture is better and the money is better—it's just like a, it's the cherry on top, right? It's right. it's it's the it's what makes all the difference. Uh, culture is a thing where. It comes back to I think it's just you have to see the quality and what you want to try and give to the customer Lucas doesn't think about things as repairs right he thinks about things as I'm giving quality back I'm giving value back right and this is the thing like you know yes you're you're giving them you're selling them a repaired vehicle that's what you're doing you're selling them a service you're selling them a a skill set that they don't have that they need done but he's about showing them value and right. and just a different way of thinking, you know, and it and it trickles down. When I was up here and I was spending, you know, I I hung out at the shop for like three days and just kind of sat around and watched what how things were done. I'd never witnessed anything like that in my life, in terms of how everybody approached the car. Eric and I, when we were talking last night, he's like, I approach every car the exact same way. When I'm doing that DVI and I'm going about it, it's the same car. It doesn't matter if it's a a Mercedes. It doesn't matter if it's a Ford F one fifty everything is starts off with him and his phone taking photos doing his proper inspection and then going through the process you know I, I beat that word all the time process 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 I'm still not as good as where Lucas is and and and, and you guys are I struggle with I came into this new job this is the first shop I've ever worked at in my life and we do a DBI right and I'm like There's still so many things I forget to do. I forget to take a picture of the master cylinder so that there's a picture of the reservoir level. I forget to take a picture of the belt. I know I checked it. It doesn't need a belt. It's not cracked and it's not split and it's not making any noise, but I forgot to take a picture of my phone Mm -hmm. because the customer wants that reassuring picture that says belt is okay. It's not, and I'm learning it through Lucas, is that the customers anymore don't just want to check in the box that says it's okay. Because anybody can put a check in the box. Right, correct. Right. They want proof that the tech actually physically looked at the component that is checked off as okay. Right.
0: And, and in my eyes as well as say that belt broke, mm-hmm. you took that picture, it looks great. Yeah. It's gonna happen though. It's yeah. gonna it's gonna it's good things can break. Yeah.
1: We had one um four weeks ago. I had a car at my at my old job. It just got towed in. It's one. It was in one of our own fleets. I hadn't worked on it in months. They they towed it in. AC just stopped working. So or excuse me. So they didn't tow it in. That's right. They drove it in. But their complaint was the AC's not working. Well, I get to looking at it, and it's like a Hyundai something. The bell had broke. Now, that's a uh, what we call an EPDM electron polymer belt. They don't crack and split the way the old school belts do. So, really, if you want to know if the belt's worn, you're supposed to get your special little tool and lay it into the ribs, right, and right. see exactly what that is. That's a pretty involved inspection versus the old way. We used to just <laughs> shine a light on it and count the cracks and go, it needs a belt. Right. Um, but the fact for me was, is like, there's so much more now that's going into a proper inspection of a vehicle. It's becoming harder and harder to do. There's more things that you have to remove just to inspect stuff. Right. So, for these people that are pushing these DBIs and everything, Let's be realistic about the time frame that we expect people to get them done in, you know, um, because that belt gave us no warning that it was going to break. It never been noisy. Right. The co- it's not like the AC compressor seized up and caused the belt to break. I literally put a new belt on that car, went through all the pulleys were good. The tensions were good. I went through that whole car and found nothing wrong. It was just the original belt. It was six years old. It had like 150,000 miles on it. And it, it It was past probably the point of interval of where maybe it should have been replaced, right? But we never replaced it because again, for where I worked, if it wasn't broken, don't fix it. Well, at the same time, I feel
0: like it helps cover the shop and the the tech because hey, this you got a picture, the belt Mm -hmm. looks great, but it broke. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, It was a freak thing. Yeah, and and also you know in the industry. Got a lot of reputation of ripoff guys, yes, hands down, you yeah. know, and um, you know, it's kind of a proven fact. Hey, it was a great belt. It was a freak, you know, freak accident, yeah, or or what have you, you know, and maybe it helps that person not doubt the industry and in, in the in the shop as bad as it would without mm-hmm. the picture, yeah, and the proof, you know,
1: yeah. Because what I love about this is it's with them, it's all documented. So now, if the customer has a failure. We can go back and go see. Three months ago, we took a picture, and this belt was dried and rotted and cracked. And we recommend it, and you declined it at that point. Right. Now right. you're here with a towed in, and the belt's gone, and you're upset. But we did. We followed our process. You declined the repair. We didn't. We didn't hate on you for declining. it. Nobody lectured them and said, "Hey, you really right. should get that." We right. let the customer. It's still ultimately, at the end of the day, is their car. Right. They're in charge. Right. Yeah. They get to make the choice what they want to spend their money on. I'm mm-hmm. good with it. But I think about how many times the DVI, if would have been implicating it in my processes years ago for different employers, how many discounted repairs and bad feelings we could have avoided right. because we had proper documentation that showed, yeah, it was starting to crack. It's one thing to say belt is getting cracked, should be replaced. It's another one we have a photo and you can see, oh my goodness, that's that's pretty pretty worn out pretty cracked and the customer still declines it right right because you can say well you guys tell me every time that that same customer you know suspicion of us well you tell us all the time it's crack it's it's cracking it wasn't making any noise it probably wasn't that bad right you know we other thing we do is we 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 do a battery test on every battery within reason like it's you know some of them now are they're putting them underneath the front seat they're back in the trunk so I was asking, you know, how do you guys do it? And he's like, if I can't get to it within the time frame, um, I write down, could not check because of, right. you know, labor required to just get at it to physically check. But, I mean, if they're right there, we check them all. And we take a screenshot of that the machine saying it's good, and we give it back to the customer. Right. Because right now, like we're coming up in Canada, we're going to get them cold. We're already getting those cold nights. And that battery that tested good in August yeah. and started the car, Come November, halfway through that first cold morning, it is not going to start the car. Dead. So it covers our uh, liability again because we can say, see how the machine said it was marginal and you just you chose to keep – Unfortunately, right. this is why you had to get it told in. Yeah. So.
0: And, and, you know, in the DVI situation, we live in a college town, mm-hmm. kind of retirement college town. So nobody's really local. Yeah. So always, always on Facebook, you know, need, need, looking for a shop, looking for somebody to, you know, fix my car or somebody that's not pricey or somebody that's not going to try to sell me a bunch of stuff right. that I don't need. Yeah. You know, end of the day, the way I see it as I've been in the field, of, you know, LNN and learning, um, one, it's, you know, the DVI and, all that is, you know, for your safety. It's yeah. to let you know what's wrong with your car. Um, that is your investment to protect your investment or keep it up. You know, we live in the mountains, s- suspension and, you know, brakes oh. is a big deal. <laughs> you know, the rust and brake line, like, all that's a big yeah. deal, you know? And so, you know, I get it. The guy in the past, mechanics, rip off the rip off guys are trying to sell you stuff you mm-hmm. don't know about, you know? And, you know, the DVI is picture proof, you know? And, um, you know, and they prioritize it on, on the DVI from you know need something now all the way down to the green is you know yeah can be fixed later or yeah. you know addressed later.
1: That's what we do. We green is good, uh, yellow can wait three to six months depending or so many thousand right. kilometers right, and red is should right. be done right now. But
0: you know, just people's uh, mindset of it because of the past or mm-hmm. and, and now you know those guys out there that do you know rip people off and the you know the untrust in every every. The situations, you know, it's, you
1: know. And we're never going to eliminate that completely. Right, of course. Right? Right. It's just the nature of the people right. and the customer and their relationship with their vehicle. Right. Everybody's heard me for years talk about it's very few anymore that you get a customer and they love their car, mm-hmm. right? Now, you see it with the enthusiasts, right? They might have an old car or... But even some people with like a, a nice a Mercedes or whatever, they still hate putting money in a car, right? Right. So I'm, I'm not so you know in la la fantasy land that I'm gonna start to create these and relationships with people where they love their car right. but what we can do is make it a lot more professional so that they feel more confident about having to yeah. repair it having to service it right it's begrudgingly I mean right. a car is one of them things that's just constantly costing money mm-hmm. you put a hundred and you said it your fuel bill alone every week is over 100 bucks right right to travel around people hate that as it is. When all of a sudden you go in and you say, hey, um, that you didn't even know you needed brakes because they're not making noise yet, but they're only, they're at like, you know, 2.30 seconds. It's time to get some brake pads on there. The customer's like, are you really sure? That DVI being able to show them, this is your car, right? We've all seen the old times, and I've worked with, I've seen it, where somebody says, they come out with a set of brake pads and they put them in front of the service visor Service advisor says, the customer needs brake pads. Customer goes, okay, I better get them brake pads. We all know there's been shops in the past. Those pads weren't even from that car. Right, right. And the customers have got wised up to that and said, how do I even know that's on my car, right? When you've got a picture and you can see it's the side of their car. Right. And then, or a video and you scroll in and there's their brakes. That's their brake rotor all chewed up in a mess. What can they argue with you at that point? Right. Nothing shady going on. So, and,
0: and on that subject, uh, the other day I kind of got tickled. You know, it's been a while I've been around. Eric was um taking shocks off of a Chevrolet fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. replacing them, and there was one on the floor. I'm I'm the baby beside him. I grabbed it up and took it to scrap pile. Right. You know, and, and I forgot at the shop. Yeah, we got a bin up front. Yeah, the customer parts go in old parts. Right. To show them. What they look like, the failures. Yeah. Um, you know, Lucas or anybody in there will educate them why or what's failed on that part. Yeah. You know, and, and then I seen, you know, the, the two struts and uh, the two shocks on his cart. He went and dug that shock out. I'm yeah. like, oh man, I'm sorry, Eric. You know, I, I forgot about, you know, yeah. that, you know, but he went and got that, you know, shock and put it back in his cart to take it up front, yeah. you know, when it was time. So, you know, I've, I, that's a little bit more reinsurance, trying to build a little trust back, mm-hmm. you know. I'm um, Trying to, you know, rebuild the industry back from, yeah. from the bad. You and know, some customers don't tips. care,
1: right? When they've got that level of trust like they have with Lucas, they don't need to see the old parts. Right. But they're there,
0: though. But yeah, they're I mean, there. It's and you. it's
1: like, and and we still are using it as a learning tool, still using it as a, as a learning aid to say, hey, see how this is starting to leak oil out of it? That's right. why we changed it. We're right. not just doing it. I have a famous line I say all the time. The customer is like, I'm not just doing this for practice. Right. right? right. I got all the practice I need. Right, right. I'm doing it because it legit needs to be done I, I don't like putting a lot of belts on a lot of cars i hate doing belts <laughs> it's hard some of them to get at the times suck on some of them you know your your hands are getting cut up trying to get my big mitts mitts in there but it has to be done right it's one of those things that if that sucker breaks that customer's either the worst is just going to wind up on the side of the road and they need a tow right if it breaks and they're going down the road and they don't even realize that that engine could be gone. oh yeah it's over so I mean, I say all the time, I'm not doing this for practice. I'm doing it because your car legit needs it. Now, you don't have to do it with me if you don't want to, right? Right. That's up to the people out front to be able to sell the job. But I still have to do my diligence in letting them know everything that the car needs to be done. It's like you've heard Lucas and David talk about that 300% rule, right? I I still, to this day, and I couldn't recite it, but it's you you do a thorough inspection on 100% of the cars. You do a thorough detailed estimate on one hundred percent of the cars and then do you sell or do three hundred do a one hundred percent of all the repairs it needs. Right? Something along that line. So many places don't even still grasp what they're trying to say. You yeah. know, the customer comes in and says, I have this complaint. That's it. That's all I want addressed. And that's all they do. Well, I've never been that way. I'll drive the car and it's like, okay, so they're here for a sway bar like that's noisy. But the brakes are making noise. The check engine light's on. When I go down the road and I I turn my air conditioning on, it's not blowing cold. Um, It's under power going up a hill. I'm writing all of that stuff down. And I used to just write notes on the work order. And nobody probably did anything with it. But now with the DVI, it forces us, even if the customer is only there. To just get that sway bar link noise. We still do the DVI. We still do the thorough inspection and let them know all the other stuff. Because just like you said, to cover our butt. So that yeah. they can't say, well, you put a strut in and now this thing's low in power. Right. It was low in power before. It's documented. Right. You just chose not to do anything about it. Which yeah. is cool. It it I like the reassurance of having it. Because it makes me feel then like my boss is willing to look out for me. Right. Because oh, yeah. then it's like we've all, if a lot of us have you been in the shop, the customer says, Well, was it doing it before or not? It's hard to remember, man. Like, I get, by the time you asked me a week later, what that, I can barely remember what I worked on last week. Right. There's so many cars, right? Was it doing it before? I don't remember. Right. Like, so now my process is to just drive every car. You know, if the customer's there for an oil change, I still, I leave my parking lot, <laughs> I go up the road about, a mile and I come back, right? Just because I want to drive it and see doesn't have a wheel bearing noise. Is the tires choppy. Like, am I hearing the tires? Because the tires look a little sketchy, but it looks can be one thing. And then, but when I drive it, I'm like, no, there's definitely a tire noise there. Right. Then I can bring it back and say, hey, because that same customer might come back next month and somebody else borrowed their car. Uh, we had a situation. Dad borrowed the car, drove it, and then comes back and says, to "His daughter, you got a noisy wheel bearing." She comes in and gets a wheel bearing checked out. She doesn't have a bad wheel bearing. She just has choppy tires. Right? But she was willing to spend, going to change my wheel bearing out. You didn't need a wheel bearing. You just tires are chopped. All of a sudden, we tell her that your tires are chopped. That's your noise. She rests assured because we're coming up on winter. She's going to put her snow tires on here in another month. And those tires are going to go in the, in the garbage. Right. But she was ready and willing to go and get a wheel bearing installed on this Honda, which wasn't a, going to be a cheap repair, because somebody told her, that sounds like a wheel bearing. Meanwhile, we've been telling her this is the last year that you're going to be able to run those tires because they're getting low on tread and starting to chop. That is doing what we're supposed to be doing for the customer, right. is making them aware that just because somebody else says it sounds like this and you they put the bug in your ear, doesn't mean that I should immediately bring that car in, sell a wheel bearing plus sell tires. We know that happens all the time, right? Oh, yeah. The customer still leaves with a fixed car. Shop made some really good money. But me, I just want to tell them what's going on with the car. I don't even to the point now where I used to get really stressed out. And again, when you're working flat rate and you're working on an incentivizer commission plan, you want to see that every repair get done. right? Because that's your money, right? Now, I just do my thorough inspection. I give it to the customer. I'm being the advocate for the customers Lucas taught me to do. And if they don't fix it, it's okay. Right. Right? I'm on to the next one. You know. I when he first started talking about being the advocate for the customer, when I was where I was in my career, I was like, and I'm still not the advocate for the customer that he is. Because I'm still like a lot of the time when we were sitting here talking last night, I'm not the most sympathetic person to to a lot of customers. Right? I look at it as like they be so begrudgingly hate to do any repairs. They have such a stereotype a lot of the time about what we are and what we do that I don't necessarily always feel sorry for them. Right. Right. right? But at the end of the day, I understand now what when I'm advocating for them, I'm trying to keep them safe and reliable. Right. And, you know, I'm not in charge. They're in charge. But when I do my due diligence, my process, however it happens, it's going to happen the right way because i have people in my in my in my shop that are that are all on the same team we're all in the same way. like i've worked in so many shops where there's different levels of of care right you know some, my give a damn is busted right some people came to work every day and their give a damn was busted right right they didn't give a crap about what they were going to they were there to make money they were there to get cars moved through that's how they're going to go right it's refreshing now to be around people that it's like the number one thing is we're a team to advocate for that customer's car. So, what's um, where do you want to see yourself go at LNN? Well, um, you know, going back to that,
0: um, so Lucas was gone for a week in Colorado, yeah. okay. And one point was you said Lucas knows what's going on mm-hmm. uh, all, most of the time, you know, you know, a ride down the road or you know, he's gotten back and he's asking the guys, what about this car what about this customer yeah you know he's been gone a week and like you say he still yeah knows what's going on yeah i mean he's kept up with it yeah um you know i'm i'm in the shop daily you know yes i'm, I'm getting back in the groove mm-hmm. um but you know like you know i'm not even knowing he, this car is around and he, yeah. you know he's yeah wanting to you know, update or how did this customer handle this situation yeah. or feel about things you know but uh you know um, so I work after work right now. Um, I you know, I still do m- mow yards with these Airbnbs and I do hot tubs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I work after work, I get off at five, get to Youngin at 5.50 So, you know, it's 8 30 when we get home. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's cutting out on family time, you know, with me and her. Um, but it's, it's, it's getting by for now. Um, you know, the, Extra money before winter or whatever, you know, Christmas start to save. All that's mm-hmm. good. And she's my little buddy. She's hands on. She gets yeah. to make her little ten dollars a night, you know. Right so she's about you know making a little money. And um, but you know, I'd like to eventually not work after work like I was telling you. Yeah. So you know, um, I seen where Lucas had an ad for a tech, you know, and I was like, you know, um, I, it's kind of early on, but I was like, you know, thinking I'd like to be you know a tech again. Things are different now. Yeah, you know, like I said in the old shop, you know, you had to do a lot of different jobs. And we made it happen. But now you can focus on just being a tech. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I can give myself another try. So I thought about all week how I was going to talk to Lucas about it, you know. And he gets in, and, uh, you know, he's, you know, checking up on the shop and everybody. And I'm like, hey, man, I need to talk to you a couple th- about a couple of things. He said, all right, let's go talk about it. And, uh, you know, I was trying to talk. He's like, why are you so nervous? Yeah. You know, like, just yeah. you know how you Why are you so nervous? I said, I said, I don't know. You know, I was – and uh, you know so I was like so you know I'd like to be a tech you know in the future you know he said or can I or how do you feel he said okay well mm-hmm. let's do it you know and uh, you know then you know on the way here on the ride here two three hour ride he's like well, let's talk about how we're going to do this you know we're going to do it slowly you know and um, you know how we're going to ease our way in and he said you yeah. uh, start working with the fleet cars and the loaner cars service them take complete care of them yep. you know and you know, then I talked about tools you know tools is a a big expense in this industry yeah and uh, you know um, I was working on you know I got me a little little bit the three years I worked there but uh, you know you know yourself personally what it costs in life oh. to, to get those tools <laughs> and uh, you know you know he's like well I don't want you to go out and start buying a bunch of expensive tools I don't think we, it's a need for them you can wrench out of my box until yes. you know so small steps you know um, he said you definitely wrench out of my box any time and, um, you know, um, Harbor Freight, for the most part, has some good tools that, yep. you know, the tools that don't do a lot of strenuous work that you're not going to break, you know, yep. use them. Yep. You know, and, uh, um, Then he said the more expensive tools the shop's going to, you know, provide for you. So when I heard that, you know, I was like, wow, you know, he's really trying to help mm-hmm. go in all areas to help, you know, the techs, yep. you know not have to stress as much because you know the tool bill is a big deal
1: it's huge it's huge if i'd have been able to find an employer way back when um that would have been able to help me um not only just help me with being able to borrow and not don't get it wrong i've worked with lots of people that i could borrow their tools but if i'd have had more guidance on what to buy right right that's huge right right because otherwise we buy a lot of stuff sometimes that you know, the, you see the joke, and the guy walks out to the Snap-on truck, and he walks back in with a pocket knife. <laughs> right? <laughs> what are you going to do on that car with a pocket knife? <laughs> right. Not a whole lot, right? Not. It's fixed sure. For it's sure. cool to have, but <laughs> right. you know, I tell the story all the time. I I had a young apprentice with me, and he he was on the Snap-on truck, and he he was using the shop's impact gun and the shop's torque wrench, and he was doing a lot of tires. Well, he goes out to the truck one day and he walks back in. He's got a little three-eighths drive electric ratchet. It's a $500 tool. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? Oh, I was. it's really neat. Look it out. And I'm like. <laughs> really neat. <laughs> I said, how many rims are you going to be able to take off with that? Well, none. He said, don't you think you should be maybe thinking about what you're doing every day right. and getting the tools for that? And then I went and had a talk with the, with the Snap-on dealer. And this is the other thing I think, and it's not always in a popular thing. I went with the Snap-on dealer and I said, that's not okay. You need to be guiding them a little more about this is what you do in the shop every day. You're going to need this tool. They definitely know, yeah. 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 And so what he ended up doing is he took the tool back from the young lad, just took it back. Nice. Right? And then we got him into a torque wrench and an impact gun. Well, maybe that he
0: was, the Snap-on guy learns from that too as well. Maybe, yeah. Because, you know, I
1: mean, their attitude is... The customer is always right, whatever he wants. But I know there's also good dealers that have sat down with guys and said, you're starting out? Okay, you're going to need this. Right. Right? And then and you go to that. And I'm not trying to say that tool trucks, that there's no place for them. That's that's a popular opinion that was passed around like last month with another YouTube guy. And he's like, is there really a sense for a, is for, for a tool truck? Do we really have a need for that in the industry? He's kind of makes some good points. But what I want to see is that, Yes, and you're building a relationship with that young apprentice or that young tech that you want to have that, you know. But people move around. They might go somewhere. But they need to be doing the their due diligence to make sure that they're setting them up for a successful career and putting in the tools in their place, within their hands, so that they can do their job. Because we know that sometimes you may not work in a shop where there's a toolbox like Lucas's that everybody can work out of, and you're constantly having to borrow from everybody. That can strain the relationships that you have with your coworkers. Because some guys, and I've done it, they're like, what are we paying him for if he's not buying tools? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So I liked Keith Perkins was here last night and he was talking and he's like, his guy, he literally says, if the guy shows up with a pair of pants on, he's ready to work for me. I'll give him a pair of boots. I'll put a t-shirt on him. All the other tools he's going to need is already in the shop. That's a massive undertaking, right, when you oh, think yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I wish somebody had done that for me. I mean, I've, I've had lots of guys that I was able to work out of their toolbox. I was able to borrow certain things. But it was just expected that, like, you're going to spend $100 a week at least on tools for the next 10 years of your life right. as you try to build your tool set up. So, I mean, you're very lucky to have Lucas. Oh, yeah. Know? We talk about that all morning. We've been talking about him. Yeah. And, you know, I love how he just says, well, let's do it, man. Like he says that all the time. And he's like, why are you so nervous? He's asked me that a hundred times in the last three months if he's asked me at all. Because he doesn't realize the what his words, the weight they carry. Right, right. Right? It's his attitude is, well, let's just do it. There isn't an obstacle that he doesn't see a way around or a way over or a way through. He just sees the obstacle as I'm going through it. Right, I'm going right. over it. It's not going to be an obstacle; it's just going to be a challenge, and I'll go on to the next one. He doesn't realize that some of us are not as 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 confident as he is. Right, and it's it's such a such a motivating force. Hey, eh? it's it's we're blessed to have him. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. When uh when I first you know worked for him, you know I screwed some things up. You know I crashed a couple cars, and man i come from a carpenter world and you know pop's pretty strict i work for my dad most of the time and yeah you know you mess up you know, you're know, gonna pay for it you're gonna catch hell and it's what it is yeah and so you know i'm i'm beat red in the face like man i gotta go there and tell luke i just put this dent i mean i gashed a car on the, on the corner of a guy's uh flatbed mm-hmm. one time and um or i've tore a few things up under the hood and i mean i'm tore up you know i'm like going there and I'm like Lucas I gotta tell you something he's like what is it and I was like man I screwed this shit up man you know might be a thousand bucks or something before you know and he laughs at me mm-hmm. he says it's just a car fix the damn thing yeah. you know what I mean and yeah. like you know like I don't know it's it's hard, hard to accept that from where I come from but he really meant it like it, haha it's just a car fix the damn yeah. thing move on you yeah. know it's gonna happen you know yeah. and like that really speaks volumes of you know of you know a screw up and mm-hmm. understanding it and like you know a lot of people take that to heart get a cuss in then you go back to work you're feeling terrible you know yeah. I mean, you might be mad because they're mad but more you're feeling terrible guilty yep. then you know then you're feeling as less liking your job or even doing the g- good job when you're working on the car mm-hmm. you know what i mean
1: like it when it, it kills your confidence like that I don't think so many owners don't get it. When you kill the confidence, when you beat that person down over that mistake, and I'm not saying listen that there shouldn't be a process and there shouldn't be a reprimand, and and because that's the only way we fix it is we go, okay, how did it happen and the why, right? You know, how do we avoid that happening in the future? But when you just absolutely or so, or the worst is when they say, okay, you're going to pay for that, right? Now every time you walk out there. How many days it may take to pay it off? How many weeks, paychecks, whatever, however you want to work it down. It's always in the back of your mind that I used to make this, and now I'm making that because I'm paying for that mistake. Right. So you already crushed the confidence, because like we're all still, no matter how big and tough and and you know what we do for a living, there's a lot of us that are still we lack confidence sometimes, and we're trying to tackle something that's that's complex, or we're trying to, you know, um, a job's kicking our butt because it's rusted and seized and and you know somebody didn't make a, a good enough uh no to that when we're doing the estimate so it's fighting us you know some cars just fight you when your confidence is already that and then it's like now you're going out there and you're actually paying for the mistake right do you really think that, that employee giving you a hundred percent anymore no. And of course, I've tried to offer
0: to pay even yeah. some. I couldn't afford to pay some of the screw-ups I've done. Yeah. But I tried so hard, you know. Yeah. And he's like, There's no, laughing at me. Yeah, I'm serious, trying to be all serious, and yeah. you know. And he's not that guy. He's like, yeah. and it's just, you know, I guess it spoke volumes to me as where I come from, my background, and yeah. I mean, he he had all right to be mad, and I mean, he could have accepted some money. I would have tried to pay what yeah. I could have paid, like, yeah, you know but he just
1: wasn't going to do it. No, yeah. it's, it's, I, I, I've, I damaged the door once and, and they pretty much said to me, like, if you don't pay for that, you ain't going to be working here. Right. And, and I thought about the, what that was going to cost me and I needed the job and I paid for it, but I wasn't given a choice. It was like, you don't right. have to pay for it. You can just lose your job. Right. So it so what do I do? Right. Right. I paid for it in the, in, in hindsight, it was a dead end job anyway, but I needed that job then. Right. Right. You know, it didn't make me feel very good, but I was the same as you. I had done a stupid mistake. You know, I was hurrying to try and get it out and, and, you know, didn't have the door in the right position, back the car out, scrape the door, you know, um, it, 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 it killed me because all the profit, That I was going to generate that week, you know, for my paycheck was going to be a big chunk of it was going to go back to fixing a mistake. Yeah. And dude, was I really mad about the fact that they were charging me? No, no, I wasn't. I was more still mad about the scenarios, the situation that came into place as to why I had to rush in the first place. Right. Correct. That's what made me more mad. Right. Because I should have still not made the mistake. But what sometimes when you're in an environment where it's go, 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 get it done. Fuck, what's wrong? why Hurry up. Why is it blah, blah, blah? Meanwhile, it could have been like you could have stood at the parts counter for 10 minutes because they, because they couldn't find you the part. You're not getting paid for that time. Right. You could have spent uh, 10 minutes looking for the special tool that you're going to need to get the job done. You ain't getting paid for that time. Right. right? And all of a sudden, and then so when you're trying to rush to get that thing done because I promised it for 9 o'clock and it's 9.45 and you're not done it yet, that's how mistakes happen. Yeah. So the people that are listening that are all on the ball about let's charge these techs for their screw-ups, if you're ever going to charge me again for a screw-up, you better be 100% perfect. Right. And your process is <laughs> before I'm ever going to give you a nickel back of my money. Right, right. And I haven't seen a shop, too many shops, that are 100% perfect with their processes. So if you think I'm going to pay you, don't count on it, bud. Right. Because to me, it's just not fair, right? There's there's things that we can do to make everything go smoother. I'm only in control of the car, and I know it's a big portion of it, is being in control of the repair. But if I'm always having to fight the time, and the time is how you pay me, I'm going to rush. Right. You know? So what um long-term goal for george what is it uh long-term goals
0: well like i said i i, I definitely want to get you know work-wise i want to get back into you know uh, making better money not work after work um mm-hmm. as a carpenter and you know loving nice houses i'd love to own a house you know uh, still rent and um you know, I'd love to have me, you know, I live in the mountains and I'd love to have an anchor too, just yeah. back in the woods. That's, yep. I mean, I live in town, a mountain city and it's great, but, um, um, you know, and from the beginning of our conversation, you just said you love the fish. So I already know yeah. why we magnetically yeah. drew to each other because yeah. I love the fish. Yep. Um, I just haven't a few years where the business consumed all our time mm-hmm. and I believe, you know, I'm stepping back, but you know, he's talking about that's your piece and kind of your church and all that. I relate to that as the last two or three years. I like to hunt too, yeah. And I've not been in the woods. I've not been out there in the lake watching that steam rise, yeah. You know, the water and the little brim popping, making the popping yep. noise on the water. You yep. know, just those little details, man. Like I've been doing that since I was five years old. My mm-hmm. dad every every summer we went fishing. Yeah. Every winter we went hunting. He took me. Until I was a teenager. I was too cool to hang out with dad. Yeah. You know. So that was until I've been stripped of that. Life stripped me from that the last two or three years. I see how more important what it done for me as you know inside my heart in my mm-hmm. mind you know yeah. and um, you know I believe that's you know I'm getting back to that now because that was my peace and yeah. you know um, you know but you know long term goals uh, you know I just want to um, you know be as best as I can I Turned 45 the other day and I want to live my best years out you know mm-hmm. I've, I've wasted some time you know I've wasted a lot of time you know and um I definitely have a good job a good friend a good motivator I've met you like yeah. we've I mean I the connection with you last day or two um I met Eric Eric Bach a couple of years back at ASTs from New York we had conversations just like you did I haven't seen since yeah you know but uh you know just meeting new people at these these events you know like conversation at the table uh, at dinner last night
1: you met paul danner last night
0: i did i did and uh always heard of him so uh back when i started with lucas yeah the training videos that i tried to that he wanted us to do was through you know paul danner yeah um he does definitely has a great way of, of teaching and um getting his you know getting his points across mm-hmm. and um i was back to you know me talking to lucas about the tech job and being nervous so i thought about the conversation while he was gone part of it was saying that to prove to him that i wanted to come back and be you know a tech is i've always struggled with electrical yeah. i've never grasped it very right. very well okay that's a big deal in, in the industry you have to if you don't know that you're not going to get very far yeah even testing light bulbs just to know if the light bulbs bad or the wire yeah you know yeah so i said so in my mind as i made this conversation up in my head to approach him with while i was nervous i was like so i told myself i would get in scanner dander program i'd get myself in there and i would go through the electrical again and i would take either scanner or you know scanner dander's test or if lucas wanted to give me a test Mm -hmm. to prove that the the drive that i want right to get back into it yeah you know and then he's like all right good and then he's like wait a minute because he knew a couple other classes and going to find the ones that are best and ones that are coming you know up soon mm-hmm. and uh so you know we talked about it and of course he told me to you know maybe talk to you know, paul while i was here you know see what's best to, yeah. to get back on board yeah. but uh yeah he and that they didn't know each other back then he no. didn't know you know he didn't know paul or nothing. it was just he learned his uh techniques and his teachings yeah. and news you know i mean even lucas um learned through him yeah. i mean that's where it started it and, was
1: it was so cool last year because like lucas and i both talked to paul for years but we both got a chance finally to 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 meet him last year together right. at the same time. And to see where the the relationship now that is between Lucas and Paul, because I mean, you know, Paul talks about I recognize the name, but it wasn't like we were talking every day. Right. Him and Paul now talk as probably as often as Lucas and right. I talk, right? And Paul has such a newfound I mean, he always had a ton of passion for this industry. Right. But now he is so when him and I were talking last night, and he was in here in the room, you know, and we didn't have any mics turned on, we're just sitting around talking, he has such a renewed vision of how he wants to change this industry that it's just like it's just like Lucas it's infectious, and that's why that's why I'm here for these three days, right is I'm trying to bring people that I connect with that Lucas is connected with that Paul is connected with that haven't necessarily connected with each other, right. But if through me, I get them to connect,
0: dude. yeah. And I, I, I when he you know came in, and I, I was hearing your conversation. You know, he was wanting to have a conversation. You know, yeah. with him here. Yeah. And I heard you know he's like, man, I don't want to talk about scanner No. He, right? Yeah. And he said I want to talk about this industry. Yeah. And how we're going to make it better. Like yeah. and I heard heard you he say that. Like yeah. that's what I want to talk about. You yeah. know, and I, you know, I knew that. You know, and I've, I've I follow him. So mm-hmm. you know, when he gets on there lately and he's talking about, yeah, you
1: know you know he's been such a proponent of of my podcast and what i'm doing i i can never repay him i i can never repay him for what he did for me as a technician right right before i ever had a podcast but now the way he is 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 putting me out there for the people to see to hear the conversations that we're trying to have i'm there's there there's nobody like 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 Paul Danner, there's nobody like Paul Danner. And the all, only one close to Paul Danner is Lucas Underwood. And
0: all boys down to these these conventions, yeah. To, uh, you know these yeah. these trainings to network and get together yeah. and meet meet. meet Everybody each
1: other. needs to come to AST.
0: Yeah, yeah. Lucas has been always since yeah. this started. We started that. He's tried to get the guys around our town. You know, there's a lot of small shops. Yeah. You know, and he's tried to get them to come. Or you know, if you can't afford it, he's going to help you. Or somebody around here at ASOC or somebody's going to yeah. help. They, yeah. it's just how they do right now and um you know they you know they kind of think it's funny or goofy or you know or like you say some of them you feel like it's too big of a deal for you like yeah. you said your personal experience for you like I can't go there I can't it's not for me you know I can't I mean? hang with those guys you know, is what I you think. know like I said I was a beginner tech and I'm you know learning I mean even if I'm in a skilled class still yeah you know there's bits of information you can catch on to and take home with you. And they're always got a book. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always a book to, you know, take home, you know, yeah. to have, to fall back on. I had them in my toolbox. I was, I was new. Mm-hmm. You know. And I, I do. I would, you know, I was, uh, you know, um, I had a couple of packets. I took some electrical classes and they had it broke down and I'd keep them in there because I was a beginner and still, you know, not good at it. And yeah. I would, you know, I mean, it had detailed with the, you know, um, multi-tool and all, yeah. you know, of how to try to test things. Yeah.
1: So, it's these these events are where where we make the the real change happen, you know. And it's not through, like, yeah, you'll you'll take a class and you'll come away with a little bit of nugget of a knowledge, but it, it's a, it's the people you're meeting, like you and I this morning. Like before I got off the plane, I didn't know who you were. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. And now, look, here. Yeah, I heard of Jada mechanic, but I didn't. I didn't even know it was a yeah. branch with you know. I mm-hmm. didn't know. I didn't know nothing about. It. I just heard about it, and I heard uh, Paul talk about it a little bit. Yeah, um, but that was it. Like, yeah. like I said, um, I've not listen to a lot of the podcast because i wasn't i didn't even know i was gonna get back in the trades like mm-hmm. i was kind of you know one to be honest with you i th- didn't want to come back in because of the tool expense yeah. just to be honest with you, yeah. you know? no um my, my my oldest daughter she'll be 23 soon her her uh husband he's a uh, mechanic and works mm-hmm. on big trucks and all. And yeah, you know, he's changing jobs and he's getting rid of the tool bill and you're know, like you know, you know he's telling me what he spends on tools and i i didn't want to get in you Know, yeah, and it's just it all happened, and you know, you know, I'm definitely glad to be here. But I had listened, listened to some of the podcasts because not all of it was about, um, you know, mechanics with David and, and, and Lucas, and yeah. um, you know, some of you know, proof of information that ain't about you know the mechanic part yeah. of life, you know, yeah, so but yeah, you
1: know, and that's and that's the kind of conversation that I, I want to have. I'm not a I'm not about trying to teach somebody how to fix a car better, right. I can do it, I can I can mentor people. but I want to know what, what drives you to be where you are. Right. right. That's way more fascinating. It's like, you know, seek first to understand. I want to understand everybody like you and I were talking. I want to, I want to be able to get inside that person and lay them all out there. That's how my brain works. I got to see all of that. What was your backstory? How did you, because that's how I start to understand the way they are right now is all a reflection of how we've been up to that point right right yep. it's it's i'm a big believer in condition people are conditioned to act a certain way right we have to work hard like you said to to overcome sometimes the way we feel how we want to act because of the condition that we put through we have to put faith in something to not act that way right if i can understand people's backstories i can understand better how to to help them how to enable them how to just do like lucas does show them their best way how to get to where they need to go it's um i mean i'm just i'm a lucky guy i'm really i'm lucky to to for lucas to see the the potential in me and to give me this vessel and and that's what i'm about and i want to thank you for sitting down with me man yeah this has been cool as hell yeah look forward uh, to many more oh we will for sure but uh anything you want to say before we go
0: I don't just, yeah. uh, this is the first time doing this as well. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, we've talked for an hour or two yeah. <laughs> since yeah. last night and uh, and we'll,
1: and we'll talk again. I want to keep, uh, you know, I mean, I, I talked to Lucas a lot and I'll be definitely checking in on how you're doing. And so. I'll definitely be listening to the Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you very much. All right. We'll talk to you again. Hey, if you could do me a favor real quick and like comment on and share this episode, I'd really appreciate it. And please, Most importantly, set the podcast to automatically download every Tuesday morning. As always, I'd like to thank our amazing guests for their perspectives and expertise. And I hope that you'll please join us again next week on this journey of change. Thank you to my partners in the ASA group and to the Change in the Industry podcast. Remember what I always say, in this industry, you get what you pay for. Here's hoping everyone finds their missing 10 millimeter, and we'll see you all again next time.